This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. The other interesting part of being at the Wharton Global Forum is not only meeting the executives that are here, but also some of the journalists, and not only from the United States, but from overseas as well. Astrid Döner is the U.S. correspondent for Handelsblatt uh, out of Germany, and she is here covering the Global Forum. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. From your perspective, the interest of being here at this event, what is it for you? Well, it's very uh, interesting to see it, um, how the Wharton School brings leaders together and how the, you know, they go out in finance, in, in retail, and in all the other industries, but then they, you know, there's this big network and then they come and connect and uh, exchange views on not only what is important for their industries, but kind of globe more broadly what, what brings the, the economy forward. And, so. and obviously it's important for you as a journalist because mm-hmm. you're able to you know, be able to reach a variety of CEOs and executives in one spot. Which, which makes your job a little easier as well. Very true. Um, it's always, you know, they're all here. They know there's press here. So um, it's a very exciting to get the different perspectives, uh, for sure. What is your perspective on, on Germany and, and the European economy right now? Because obviously a lot is being talked about with the potential uh, trade barriers that may be coming up. Uh, obviously, what happened at the G7 summit recently uh, between President Trump and the other leaders uh, did not sit well in, in a lot of parlance. How is it being viewed overseas right now? Very critical, that's for sure. Um, long-standing relationships all of a sudden are not as important anymore. Um, so there's a lot of uh, confusion uh, within political but also business leaders. Um, there's companies that have sold their cars in the U.S. that manufacture here, yeah. and all of a sudden they're kind of in the... Um, attacked by the president and they feel not welcome here anymore but they employ thousands of people yeah um so nobody really knows you know what how what to how to deal with this and it's been kind of coming up already during the um, election that he attacked a german car makers and it went away then yeah. um you know, now we're back on. And for the german industry for the german economy it's so important the car industries um that we have a very big interest just to get clarity. Yeah. Then at least we would know what this means, right? Do we have to shut down the factories here? Volkswagen yeah. produces here, um, Audi, uh, Mercedes. Everybody came here and they felt welcome here for so many years and invested billions of dollars here. At least tell them, you know, how are we moving forward and at least they can act accordingly. But Well, but and all of this is occurring at the same time where uh, Europe is dealing with the potential in, in the next year of the United Kingdom leaving the European Union with the Brexit. And, and so not only do you have to deal with all of these elements here in the United States, but obviously with what is happening with the UK and the impact that it's going to have on Germany and France and, and all of the countries over there. Very true. And we see um, the European economy slowing down while the US is still um, moving ahead thanks to tax cuts and other things the Europeans are still growing but way slower than before mm-hmm. um, and this is um, of course the trade uncertainties but it's also Brexit it's Italy there yeah. is a refreshed crisis in Italy so it's all those things that um, cause they call it a soft patch in Europe and so we think this is a soft patch it's not kind of the beginning of a downturn who knows right. um, but um, definitely it all, all the mix of it has an impact and has 
great uncertainties in all, like you say, in all kinds of fields. So we'll from, see. From a journalist perspective, being mm. over here in the United States, this has to also be a very unique time to be here and covering what is going on here in the United States with the change in leadership and the the back and forth that we see. We talk about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It is just the dynamic that you have between obviously political parties, but also from small business to big business. What is it like for you to be here in the United States and, and covering this, uh, you know, f- f- in, a, in a very unique period of time? It's a very exciting time as a journalist. I think everybody would agree uh, to that. And it's, I came here in 2008, right before Lehman Brothers went down. So yeah. certainly that was very exciting in, in different ways. And then um, I kind of watched the financial crisis and then the economic crisis and then also the upturn. And now it's really fascinating to see that 10 years later, the U.S. banks are the biggest and the strongest and are also powerful. The European banks still in crisis, Deutsche Bank in crisis, yeah. Italian banks in crisis. Um, so it's a complete role reversal. And it's um, interesting to watch how the U.S. is now you know, in such a powerful position and also kind of exerts its power in a way it's never done before. So how is the, the U.S. economy viewed globally at this point? Well, very strongly. Uh, I think that's uh, that all the numbers uh, show that. Yeah. Um, but we don't know how long it's going to last. Sure, uh, if you ta- cut taxes, that's going to stimulate the economy. Yeah. But all the economists say, um, you know, we don't. This is not usual to do this already at a peak, uh, at a, a full cycle. So if the economy is already doing well and then you cut taxes, it's usually done differently, right? If the economy is not doing well, you cut the taxes to lift the economy. But now there are fears that we might overheat um, the yeah. economy in the U.S. And so people are looking at the U.S. saying, yeah, you're doing good for now. Hopefully for you it's going to continue. But really we can see the end is coming somewhere. Which is interesting because of how the U.S. economy obviously impacts all of the other economies. And you're also coming at a time where, if memory serves me, the ECB Mm -hmm. just started to say, I guess they're starting to wind down their purchases, their asset purchases, after the the economic troubles that Europe has been in over the last decade as well. Right. Uh, That was the decision um, today. But they also said that they're going to keep interest rates low for even longer than they had anticipated. So they're balancing their unwinding of the purchases with uh, lower interest rates Mm -hmm. Um, because the economy is still in a soft patch um, and so they don't want to risk getting you know out of things too quickly um, with the economy not being ready and then causing even more damage. Astrid Jörner is the uh, U.S. correspondent for Handelsblatt, uh, a publication out of Germany. She joins us here at the Wharton Global Forum in New York City. As you're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. What, for those that, that don't know about it, but what is the strength of the <coughs> German economy right now? Where is it really at its core the, the most strong? Well, it sounds a bit cliche, but it's still a, co- a country of engineers, So we're, you know, we build machines. We're really great at exporting machines, be it cars, but also all kinds of other machines that produce goods and factories. Um, That's what we've always been strong at. And now we kind of take this to the new level of um, using robots, using automation, using um, newest technologies to combine the old machinery kind of with the new tech. Which is interesting because here in the United States, 
and you've probably seen as well, there obviously has been quite a bit of conversation about how technology and automation and AI is going to impact jobs mm-hmm. here in the United States. Are there those same types of conversations going on in Germany as well? Yes, they, uh, they are um, pretty similar, I would say. Um, the Germans are probably a little more tech-averse, if I may uh, make that generalization. So right. I think the age where kind of robots really take over society or will have self-driving cars on a big scale might be a little slower coming than uh, to the U.S. maybe. Yeah. Um, but there's the same worries, there's the same prognosis that jobs will just vanish and be replaced, be it in banks, be it in you know, trucking, um, in all kinds of areas. So, uh, no, we're, we don't like it, but we'll see it, we'll see it coming. How, how has Volkswagen responded to, to its problems of the last year or so? <coughs> Very interesting question. Um, Volkswagen has been doing fine. Um, they cleaned up or are in the process of cleaning up, you know, the, repairing the cars or buying back the cars yeah. in the U.S. Um, they're still in Germany working out some legal um, issues and just yesterday agreed to pay a billion dollar fine in Germany yeah. to settle um, the claims over there. Um, and there's still shareholder lawsuits and consumer lawsuits ongoing, but since the legal system is different uh, over here than in Europe, it might not be as um, uh, dangerous for them. And it's really very interesting. People are still buying Volkswagens, yeah. and the company made billions of dollars of profits last year. And the, the, yeah. in, the interesting part about it is here in the United States, obviously Volkswagen has a smaller portion of the U.S. market than mm-hmm. they do overseas, but the other piece to it, which is another story we've talked about a lot, is the fact that there is actual consideration of prosecution of executives of Volkswagen over this, where here in the United States, with everything that has happened, obviously, with the financial crisis, there really hasn't been. And that is something that's a sticking point with a lot of people here in the U.S. Well, um, I think Volkswagen has one big disadvantage in all of this, um, is that they, um, they admitted that they used defeat devices. Yeah. So they have it on paper, whereas, you know, with CEOs of banks, there's always about a lot of wiggle room, what did the CEO with you know? And, hmm. But Volkswagen came out and said, yes, we use defeat devices yeah. over so many years, millions of them you know, at a time. So that makes it really easy for prosecutors um, to go after them. We are joined uh, here at the uh, Global Forum in New York City with, uh, by Astrid Derner, who is with Handelsblatt. She is uh, of a German newspaper who is uh, the U.S. correspondent for that publication. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Finally, I, I mean, where, where is the mindset of the European economy right now because of all of this right now, because of the trade issues, because of the potential Brexit. Certainly you have things coming from a variety of different angles right now, yet Germany is still seen as the premier economy or at least one of the top two economies in Europe right now. Yes, for sure. It is the largest. It's still growing. Um, we are still, we have um, great unemployment numbers, so it's we're not by any means in crisis. Um, right. So things are not as great as they were a couple of months ago, uh, and there is big uncertainty, but it's, you know, by no means is this, as of now, any sort of recession or anything. Um, but people are very worried, uh, you know, if um, long-standing alliances are 
are cut or not valued anymore. You know, new alliances need to be found, and yeah. there's hope that Europe in itself uh, comes closer together. Where you know, is twenty uh, seven different countries. There's not always a not always agreement. So. Um, Hopefully, they'll lead Europe to, to accelerate their own reforms yeah. and get their own act together, be it with Brexit or Italy or other things. Yeah, and the Italy piece, obviously, one of the one of the, the latest. How is that being perceived in in, uh, in Europe right now, and especially in Germany? Again, um, we watch it very carefully because we do not want another Greek situation, right, where yeah. a crisis drags on and on and on, and people suffer, and nothing is ever resolved, and yeah. there's new governments after new governments. So... Um, I think the European Union is very aware that A, this is a really big economy and we need, cannot um, mess this up. And hopefully um, now that there is a new government in place, a solution can be found to, you know, to do any sort of reforms and restructuring because we, you know, we thought European crisis was past us and now yeah. it's right there again. So hopefully we've learned from the mistakes in the past. Uh, you are also a graduate, I guess is the best way to say it, of the Wharton Seminar for Business Journalists. Tell us about that program and what, what it meant to you to go through it. Well, I've joined, um, I think, three or four uh, programs for business journalists uh, over the years. Uh, and it's um, good for really two things. One, um, to get access to the big knowledge that Wharton professors have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, each and every one dives so deep in their respective fields that is um, very beneficial just you know, to get a better understanding of, if, if, you know, if I'm covering banks, what is the newest, you know, trends and regulation, what do I need to be aware of, right. uh, or be it the stock market or um, management or productivity or, you know, there's so many things that the business school seminars just open up uh, to us, uh, even if it's not the speaker of the day, you know, at least we'll know there's other research being done at Wharton so that, you know, we can then ask for and look into. And, and that program celebrating its 50th anniversary, which obviously has is, is been very important for many, many years for, for business journalists, uh, yourself included. No, absolutely. And the other thing is it also connects business journalists, yeah. national and international, True. which uh, is also very beneficial um, so it's always good. I've, you know, I've heard, I've been to seminars from healthcare reform when that was an issue yeah. to um, the Federal Reserve uh, this year, very timely, to uh, startups, um, to the stock market. So very broad, but um, always very timely and very um, thoughtful and knowledgeable. Astrid, nice meeting you. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Astrid Derner uh, of Handelsblatt, based in Germany. She is their U.S. correspondent. Joining us here at the Wharton Global Forum. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.